0: Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Why don't we stand and pray? Father, uh, we thank you, Father, for your word. Father, we thank you that it has the ability to transform us. We ask that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. In Jesus' precious name, and all God's people said, amen. 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 And the whole offering spiel, you guys know how to give. Brian will have the slide up at the end of the service if you want to give. Uh, we really appreciate it. God loves a cheerful giver uh, when it comes to that. But I wanted to talk this, uh, this week. The title of my message is, Is It True? And you'll get the concept of why it's called that in just a few minutes. And last week, I spoke about Daniel and how he went to Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar, well, first of all, Nebuchadnezzar had this crazy dream of a statue. And nobody could interpret it. And finally, Daniel said, I'm going to go and interpret the dream. And he interpreted the dream of the king. And he said, the head is like the head of gold. And the different parts of the body represent different kingdoms. All the way through to the end times. How many remember that message? And so I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the book of Daniel today. As you know, the children of uh, the, uh, the, the God's people, the, the Hebrews, the Isra- Israelites were taken out of their land and they were, went captive into Babylon. And so they're now in Babylon. And uh, how many know things are different in Babylon, right? They have different rules to abide by. They have different uh, way of life. And uh, in this place, what happens is um, we have four guys. Daniel, we talked about last week. And this week, we want to talk about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Now, it's important to note that their names were different. Their names were uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those were their names. Uh, they, they, they That was their Hebrew names. And what happened was uh, when they came in, the chief eunuch of Babylon came and said, I'm going to rename you, and I'm going to give you Babylonian names, and that's what happened. We got Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, all right? Um, But their true identity before the chief eunuch of Babylon changed their names was these other names. And Babylon is a type of or a picture of the world system. And the world system and what the enemy would want to do for harm um, would want to change your identity as a believer, as a Christian. Wants to change who you are. So, you know, you're not going to be this, you're going to be this. And there's this pressure and this this force from that kingdom to, to change who we are. But we have a true identity in Jesus Christ, right? And so, in the same way that the eunuch could not bring forth new life, this... Babylonian system, the world cannot bring new life. I had tried for years to find happiness, joy, and peace, and I tried in friends and bottles and drugs and, and, and you know, just being part of f- certain friend groups, whatever. I couldn't find happiness. The, the the new life came when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and I surrendered my life to him. And so the world system which represents, or Babylon represents, could not bring new life. And, and many of you are here today because Jesus brought new life to you. Can I hear an Amen. All right. And and so that same world system that cannot produce new life in you wants to rename you and define you. And we see that, you know, through the history books and we see that the social systems of the day and popular culture has tried to label the Christian faith. But God has defined us and God has given us a name. And, you know, when I go to, you know, just a bit of history, you know, uh, in April of 2013, the Department of Defense in the States was caught training U.S. troops that Catholics, Orthodox Jews, Evangelical Christians are to be considered religious extremists, even equating the major religions representing more than half of the Americans with truly violent groups such as uh, Al-Qaeda, the Ku Klux Klan, and Hamas. After the explosive revelation hit the headlines, outrage prompted immediately, and critics are calling for an immediate public apology to the soldiers exposed to this hateful propaganda, as well as to the Christians and Jewish communities targeted in the presentation, all right? And uh, this was called the Equal Opportunity Training Course, presented to the U.S. Army Reserves in Pennsylvania – During the presentation, troops were subjected to a slideshow that included segments on what was dubbed religious extremists. And at the top of the list, the very first item was evangelical Christianity in the United States, also including uh, the ultra-Orthodox Jews, Catholicism, fundamental Mormons, and Islamophobia. So we see here that there is an attack, and and the system wants to define what Christianity is. How many have seen that in the day that we live in? And some labels that you might have heard, I know I've heard them, is that Christians are self-righteous. Someone heard that one? And Christians are hypocrites or fanatics or homophobic or whatever. And these, these d- definitions are being put on the church and being put on people who just want to serve Jesus. And how many know what Jesus said? And, and this is our encouragement in Mark 13, 13. And ye shall be hated of some men. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure until the end shall be saved. And so the, the system of this world, the Babylonian system, doesn't like Christianity. Amen? Amen? And in many times attacks all other faiths as well because it's not understood. And, and Jesus is saying here, He says, We will, we will endure for His name's sake. But you know, God defines us. Here's the good news. This is how God defines his church in First John chapter three, verse two. He says, "Beloved. Now are we now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we will see Him as He is." So we are the sons of God. I just put that in the King old King Jimmy language, so I struggle with that. But on the screen there's says, Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it's not yet to be revealed, but we are the kids of God. You are a son, you are a daughter. That's how God defines us. The world system can not might try to redefine us, but we're the children of God. Isn't that good news? All right. And so what I wanted to read this. This morning is out of Daniel chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. And um, I think this is important because we live in a similar time. We live in a similar time. And in uh, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 1 to 7, uh, Nebuchadnezzar it says in verse 1, the king made an image of gold whose height was six cubits and its width six cubits. Sorry, 60 cubits and its width six cubits, and he set it up in the plains of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now, I want you to understand something. I think what happened here in chapter 2, uh, you know, Daniel comes and he interprets the, the king's dream about this image, this statue, and then Babylon said, hey, I'm the head of gold. I'm going to build a statue, right? So he builds this image, and, and, and it's very interesting to note here that it was 60 cubits, 100 feet, by six cubits, which is nine feet, So it was very unstable. And I want to say this, that the world system that the enemy has set up, and sometimes the social agendas and all these things that are set up, popular culture, uh, the world's way of thinking, that is set up. It's very unstable. And, and, And people are following a system that's unstable, but God's system is stable. We can rely on it. We can take it to the bank, so to say. God cares for us. And it says that he built the statue, he set it up, and King Nebuchadnezzar sent word and gathered together all of the Sartraps and the administrators and the governors and the counselors and the treasurers and the judges and the magistrates and everybody in between and all the people of the nation that were there. It didn't matter where they were from. And he brought them together and he said, when you hear the music play, when you hear David Haranick play the piano, no, he says, when you hear the drums and you hear the trumpets and you hear the cymbals, you will all bow down and you will worship the image that I have set up. And so, of course, we know the story. All the music was played, and everybody, the whole popular group, they just bowed down to the idol. But then all of a sudden, three men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they refused to bow down. And then we had some rats in the camp. We had some of the administrators that came and said, did you not know that these three men refused to bow down? Wow. And so we're going to look at what happened here. In verse 13, okay? Because Daniel's friend disobeyed the command of the Lord of Babylon. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 13, then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, is it true that you, and that's the title of my message, is it true that you, and then there's a big line, and this is a question we're all going to have to answer because people are going to come to us and ask us a question, and it might not come from a king or a politician, but it might come from a friend, it might come from a sibling, it might come from a child, it might come from a co-worker, someone will come and say to you, is it true that you, and then fill in the blank and the blank for Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego was this, is it true that you do not serve my God or worship the gold image which I have set up? Is it true? And that's the thing that we have to prepare ourselves for in this day. People are going to come and say, is it true that you believe in Jesus as the only way to the Father? Is it true? Because you know what? This, you know, Popular culture says there's many ways to God. Popular cultures and the world way of thinking says this. Is it true that you believe that? And you'll find yourself many times standing alone while everyone else is bowing. And you're going to have to say yes, it's true, or you're going to have to decline and cower. How many know there's comparison here? People might come and say, "Is it true that you believe in life?" at conception. I mean, that's ridiculous. We don't believe that. Everyone believes that, you know, you can abort a child right up until the third trimester. I mean, come on. That's popular ideology. Come on, guys. And you have to say, no, it is true that I believe what the Bible says. You might hear the question, is it true that you believe in the biblical idea of family and what that represents? Because this is what the world system says. Is it true that you honor ethics over profit? And, and, and these are the questions that are going to come, and they've come throughout history to brothers and sisters that came before us. Is it true? Are you not going to follow what everyone else is doing? Are you not going to bow down? Are you not going to put your knee down? And, and these three men said, no, we're going to stand according to our conscience, and we, I don't care if our life is on the line. We're going to stand for truth. We're not going to bow to a system, an ideology that's very unstable, that isn't founded on the Word of God, because the Word of God is true, and it's stable. Amen? Am I preaching okay or stepping on a few toes today? I'm sorry. Not in this house. And so, he said, is it true? And I want you to see what he says here. This is very interesting. The king says, okay, Is it true that you will not worship the God which I set up? And look what he says, next verse. Now, if you're ready, right now, at this time, I'm going to play the music. We get all the instruments going at this moment now, and you have a choice. You're going to have to bow down, and you're going to have to worship. And if you do so, the king said, it'll be good for you. I'm summarizing. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace, and who is a God who will deliver you from my hands? And so this, this is incredible. They're given an ultimatum. And I, I, love, I love what they say. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, verse 16, answer and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that were the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. And I love this because in this passage, they're standing for truth, but they're honoring the king. You know, I talked to a a pastor, a friend of mine, and he said he says this from the pulpit. He says, listen, you might not agree with our prime minister. As Christians, a lot of us don't agree with his policies, but he's still the Honorable Justin Trudeau. You honor the office. You can say, I don't agree. And they honored the office. In other translations, it's just, your majesty. We cannot violate our conscience. It's not he didn't, They didn't say, hey, you idiot. We're not listening to you. They honored his office. Just key in, in remembering where we're going here. And they said, God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your God nor will we worship the God, the gold image which you have set up. And this is where he took a stand. They took a stand. And it's very important here we understand what happened in verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that, okay? I've never experienced it with a king, but I'll tell you I have friends and family members employers bosses where i said no i don't i don't agree with that and their expression changes anyone seen that before right we've all experienced that right and uh, one of the stories you know i was working for a company 7 years i invested into this company and i was asked to do things that were unethical my 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 uh, my the owner of the company was just there was just, I, just leave it at that. And I was asked, and I just said, you know, I'm not, I'm not willing to do this. I'm not willing to go here. And what happened was I lost my job. And this was a big, big company. And two years later, you know, what happened was God promoted me, got me something better because I said I'm not going to bow down against my conviction. I lost my job. God provided something different. Two years later, I'm sitting in a church service, and I look over and I see the owner of the company sitting in the service worshiping God. And I came over. I said, what are you doing in church, right? He's like, I lost everything. I lost everything. My company's gone. And it was a big company. And he said, you were right. Jesus all the way. We have to stand for the truth in this hour. Don't compromise for a system that's not stable. People know the system's not stable, and they're looking for a stable system. And as a church, we got to say, We've got that system, and it's Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Yeah. Amen? So God is good. And so he was angry. And the king, I'm going to summarize what he did here for time's sake. He's, he got so mad that he started, he said, we have a fiery furnace, and we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And he had his, his, his leaders come and, and bind up. The, the three men, and they threw them in the fire. The furnace was heated so much that the men that threw them in the fire perished from the heat of the fire. He was so furious with these boys because they wouldn't bow the knees. Okay? And then what happened here in verse 24, the king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he arose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, "Do we not cast three men into the fire? Uh, did, did I not count right? Was I so mad that I missed it? I, I thought there was only three. He says, I, I see there's only three men in the midst of the fire. And they answered and said to the king, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. He probably saw some, like, burning image of a person. I don't know what he saw, but he said, it looks like divinity is in the fire with those boys. And I'm telling you right now, if you're willing to go into the fire, see, God didn't deliver me from the fire. God delivered me in the midst of the fire when I lost my job, but God brought me through. Right? And so because they were willing to go through into the fire, God shows up in the midst of the fire. Am I preaching okay? Are you guys getting this? Oh, yeah. I, and I really want to talk to you about the fire because I don't th- in 2021, I don't think any of us will end up in a fiery furnace. I really don't think that's going to happen, okay? I think there's some things about popular culture that are good today, okay? But, but here's the thing. when we go to um, the scripture in First Peter chapter 4 verse 12, we have a definition here. Beloved, don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Look what the writer says here. As though some strange thing is happening to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is revealed, you will also be glad with exceeding joy. And then verse 14 tells us what the fiery trial is. And it's not sickness. It's not losing your job. It's right here, verse 14. If you are reproached for the name of Jesus Christ, blessed are you, because the Spirit of God's glory rests upon you. Isn't that good news? God's glory. God is with you in the fire. There's a fourth person in the fire with you, and the glory of God rests upon you. On their part, He's blasphemed. On your part, He's glorified. Isn't that good news? God is with us in the fire. And... Daniel chapter three, we need to understand here that um, the fire is, is is just a place where we're refined, but God couldn't deliver them from the fire. He delivered them when they went through the fire. And I want to bring us to the end here and show you what took place here, okay? Nebuchadnezzar called the three men, come out of the fire, and he was amazed to see that the Bible says, I think it's in verse 27, and the sartaps and the administrators and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together. They saw these men on whom's body the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not even singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not even on them. Listen, the fire that the enemy would send to destroy you, it won't even get on you. You won't even smell like it. Even the most flammable part of your body, which is the hair you know, on your arms, won't be singed. Isn't that good news? Like how many times have you started a barbecue and and you're like, my eyebrows, right? everything. They didn't get anything singed because God was with them in the fire. I'm going to tell you, you're going to go into the fire and people are going to look and say, hold on a second. They stood up for their conviction. They would not compromise. They said their God was true. And now we see him in the fire with them. And they came out of the fire. And they were not affected. And Nebuchadnezzar, verse 28, spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And you know what? They frustrated me big time. He says it right here. I was frustrated because they wouldn't bow their knee. But look what he says. And yield their bodies that they should not serve or worship the God except their own. Therefore I make a decree that the people, nations, language which speak anything amidst of God, the God of they speak against the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they will be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made ash heaps. And so basically the king went from one ditch over the hill into the other ditch. We'll burn you if you don't worship me. We'll cut you in pieces if you don't worship God, okay? There was a lot of conversions that day. There was revival in Babylon. I tell you, man, there was revival. People got saved in Babylon. And the the point I want to make here is that um, if we're willing to go through the fire, and when we go through the fire, when we come out, that's when the nation will change. We as a church have to decide, are we willing to stand for truth? Are we willing to go through the fire? Are we willing to say, you know what? I trust God. He's either going to protect me or he's going to take me home. But I'm not going to bow down to the God of this world. I'm going to hold strong to my conviction and my conscience. And in doing so, the world, we might get into a season of persecution. But the good thing is God's glory shows up. And then the nation sees God's midst in us. And they say, we need to worship the God of the church. That's how it works. Last week, I talked about revival history. I talked about John Wesley. I talked about, um, you know, uh, Whitfield. I talked about these guys. And when they started preaching an unpopular message, it was very unpopular to say that everyone was a sinner in those days. Kind of like our days. Very similar. But they preached it anyway. They didn't, they didn't have a grace message. They just preached, repent. God is holy. We're not. He's good. We're not. Repent. And people got so offended. They would throw stones at them. And they would go home, uh, you know, dead animals thrown at them. People would try to beat them up. I mean, it was bad. And uh, over time, the message began to sink in. People started seeing the glory of God and the, the mayors and the police force and politicians started getting saved and we had a thing called the great awakening why did we have it because the church was willing to go through persecution they're saying we're willing to go into the fire and god will have to deliver us and if he doesn't we get to go home early praise god so excited but we're not going to compromise our truth we're going to hold fast to our confidence we're going to hold fast to our conviction and they went through the fire and in doing so revival came and shook the nation it's time to stand up church and the furnace could be to you. It could be persecution. It can be some, maybe some bad habits that the enemy's got you in. It can be the thoughts that haunt you from the past. Whatever the furnace is that's trying you, I'm going to tell you something. The beautiful things about these boys going in is they were bound by the enemy. The only thing that burnt was the bonds of the enemy in the midst of the fire. So what the enemy means for harm by bringing persecution and trouble your way, God uses it to burn off the enemy. Isn't that good? Why don't we give the Lord a hand? Amen? I heard a story as it close. Three ladies had a Bible study, and they were talking about what it meant to be refined by fire. And so they did not understand about it. And so one volunteer, she went over to the silversmith and asked what it meant. And she said, she said, tell me what, it, what it's all about. And he said, um, that what happens is when you put... Silver in the fire, if you, it's got to burn until it gets really, really hot and all the impurities come out. And he said, but you've got to be careful because if you leave it in too long, it, it burns and it loses its value and it gets ruined. And the lady asked, how do you know when it's done? And he, his answer was, that's easy, when I see my reflection. And when we're in the fire and when God looks in and he sees the reflection of his son in us, we come out purified. Isn't that good news today? And so I wanted to encourage, why don't we stand and pray? Father, I thank you that we're encouraged today, that we get to be history makers, that you have chosen us. Your word says that you have chosen the time when each person should be born and the place of their dwelling, and you chose us for this generation. Why? Because you know you have a generation of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednegoes in this room that are willing to stand for their truth and stand for what they know is right. Even at, the, even at the chance of heavy persecution, we will trust you. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Well, God bless you. I hope you enjoyed that today. I done, we're done a few minutes early, um, but just take some time to fellowship. God bless everyone. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.